Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to stories of discipleship and putting Scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of just fewer than 1,000 churches throughout Kansas and Nebraska. I'm also a certified lay minister in the United Methodist Church, so what you hear on this show truly comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 25 years' experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teenagers to 90-somethings, and I served as a journalist for 20 years prior to entering ministry. So I'm excited to share with you stories of disciples in action and to explore with you what the Bible has to teach us in the 21st century. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes feature interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. Still others include short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. We've been talking during Advent about redemption. Recognizing that we don't get to the cross and the empty tomb without first having a baby placed in a manger. And we're having a little fun with this serious topic by exploring the Charles Dickens story A Christmas Carol, featuring the character Ebenezer Scrooge. Old Ebenezer, well, he desperately needs redemption. The ghost of his business partner, Jacob Marley, who's been dead seven years at this point, visits him and explains how their exploits have doomed him to roam the earth with a long, heavy chain attached to him. A chain made link by link, each time they fail to show mercy, each time they fail to show love to fellow human beings, when they took advantage of people. And Ebenezer's chain... Well, it's even longer and heavier than Jacob's, because Ebenezer's had seven additional years to add to it, thanks to his misdeeds. Jacob aims to help Ebenezer by having three spirits visit him. And through this process, we get to explore the key themes of Advent. First, there's hope. Jacob himself provides hope by coming to tell Ebenezer that his miserable life doesn't have to be this way. It can be better. Peace. The ghost of Christmas past reminds Scrooge of who he once was and begins to restore a sense of inner peace to this chaotic, hateful life. Love. The ghost of Christmas present teaches Scrooge about ways he can experience love. By being part of community, by showing mercy to others, and by building true, lasting relationships. The final piece both for our Advent journey and for Ebenezer, is to rediscover joy. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But first, I think we need to understand what joy is. And we'll start with a survey of more than 700 people by Kathy Caprino. She's a senior contributor at Forbes magazine, and she's also a marriage and family therapist and a career coach. She asked respondents, if you could say in one word what you want most out of life, what would that be? Think about that for a moment. If you could say in one word what you want most out of life, what would it be? Do you have your word yet? Well, number one among all those surveys was happiness. Number two was money. Other top answers in no particular order were freedom, peace, balance, fulfillment, and confidence. Number five, mixed in with all of those words, was joy. 
some of you may wonder, well, what's the difference between happiness and joy? Well, here's my attempt to define it for you. Put simply, happiness is a momentary feeling of elation, stimulated by some external event that's occurred in somebody's life. Birth of a child. Promotion at work. Where I live, it's hanging another basketball championship banner at Allen Fieldhouse. That's happiness. Something happens, we have a feeling of happiness. Joy. Well, joy, on the other hand, is kind of a character trait. It's a stream that flows deep and steady and is not affected too much by whatever turbulence may be roiling on the surface of someone's life. Happiness is typically tied to our desires, and those can be fleeting. Instead, we should yearn for the kind of contentment that is what I would say true happiness. It's a deeper feeling. It's something that's just part of us. And the name of that true happiness? Well, that's joy. So I would argue joy should be our goal. I tend to believe happiness comes and goes. But if you achieve joy, I think you'll also find that you have, well, inner peace, enlightenment, sanctification, and a slew of other doctrinal mysteries that we can't really explain. In the story, Ebenezer doesn't understand what he's missing out on. But he has one more spirit to help him out. So let's finish the story and see what old Ebenezer discovers. We concluded the last episode with Scrooge standing in the middle of the street with the ghost of Christmas present. At this point, Scrooge is seen frivolity at his nephew's home. He's seen his former fiancé helping the marginalized in their city. And he's seen his clerk's family happily making do with what little they have. And loving life in spite of the hardship. The ghost of Christmas present leaves him. And Ebenezer turns around to see a striking hooded figure. scary looking ghost. In the book it's described as tall. It's robed with no facial features that can be seen. Unlike the other spirits, this one doesn't speak. It just points. It's intimidating, which when you think about it is kind of fitting for something about the future, right? Because looking ahead can be scary. We don't know what lies around the corner, what's on the other side of that horizon. It's kind of scary, and Scrooge is no different. Well, this spirit takes him to a few places. He sees what amounts to a pawn shop with an undertaker and Scrooge's own maid selling his personal effects to the broker to make money off of items that he apparently no longer needs. He thinks those things might be his, but he's kind of afraid to raise the point, I think out of fear that he just might be right. Then the spirit takes him to see the place of business, the exchange. It's here that he sees the men that he used to do business with, and he immediately notes that there's nobody standing under the clock. That's his normal spot. And then he hears the men talking about someone's death, and how they really won't be missed. Oh yeah, they'll go pay some respects, in quotes. They'll attend his funeral, but only if there's a lunch. Translation, there's really no reason to go pay respects if you don't respect the person who has died. 
Finally, the ghost of Christmas yet to come takes Ebenezer back to the home of the Cratchits. Remember, it was at Scrooge's question of the ghost of Christmas present about whether Tiny Tim would live that we start to finally see old Scrooge break down those walls that have been built around his heart. In this vision of the future, Tim has died, most likely because his poor family couldn't afford the expensive treatment that would have saved his life. Instead of the happiness that he saw last time, Ebenezer sees a devastated family. They look lost, like they've lost a limb from their collective body. They're sad. Ebenezer sees and clearly understands just how this loss is impacting them. Loss. Now there's an emotion that Ebenezer knows well. He probably recalls the loss of his beloved sister when she was giving birth to his nephew. He probably recalls the loss of the love of his life to his own selfishness. Scrooge begs the ghost of Christmas yet to come to take him from the scene of sorrow. And I think to Ebenezer's surprise, it actually does. Ebenezer turns around and, well, he's not in a much better location. He's in a graveyard. Scrooge stumbles upon a stone and dusts off the snow from it. It reads, Ebenezer Scrooge. Well, old Ebenezer finally is face to face with his own mortality. He recognizes nobody cares that he's dead. He realizes others are just selling his things. He finally understands that all that money he's made, often at the expense of others, and all this prestige that he thinks he has, well, it counts for absolutely nothing. Ebenezer finally realizes that, yes, indeed, he needs redemption. Ebenezer realizes this so plainly that he begins to beg the spirit. He begs him, please give me time to change. Well, let's see what scripture has to tell us about this topic. And it turns out that the Apostle Paul had something pretty important to say about it in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 25. Change the former way of life that was part of the person you once were, corrupted by deceitful desires. Instead, renew the thinking in your mind by the Spirit, and clothe yourself with the new person created according to God's image in justice and true holiness. Therefore, after you have gotten rid of lying, each of you must tell the truth to your neighbor, because we are all parts of each other in the same body. Ebenezer gets it now. He knows he has to change. The way he's done things isn't working, so he has to try something new. I wonder, could that be you today? Is what you've been trying to do been fulfilling? Do you have a void in your life that you haven't been able to fill with anything else? If so, give something else a try. Advent and Christmas time is the perfect time to start getting involved in the church or in some kind of outreach or mission project? Change up what you've been doing. Ebenezer finally realizes that he has to renew the way he's been thinking. He has to change from an all-about-me mindset 
to a me-last mindset. He has to care about others' needs. He has to be honest. Honest with himself and honest with others about who he really intends to be. See, Ebenezer's finally starting to realize what many of us have figured out thanks to the pandemic. We're all in this thing called life together. In that moment, Ebenezer finally understands what he's missed all these years. And he asks the ghost, Why should you show all this to me if there's no way for me to make things right? It's less a question, more of a begging for another chance. Ebenezer throws his arms around the spirit and wails in despair. And just then, Ebenezer wakes up. He's not with the spirit. He's in his own room. He's hugging one of the posts to his bed. And Ebenezer realizes that he's very much alive. So he has a chance to make all those changes that he knows he has to make happen. He runs to the window and throws it open and he sees a boy running by. He yells out the window. He asks, what day is it? The boy looks up at him like he's kind of crazy. After all, it's the biggest holiday of the year. Why, it's Christmas, sir. Ebenezer is so excited, not only that he's alive, but that he can start making all those changes right now, today. He pays the boy to go fetch the poultry shop owner and to bring with him the prized turkey in the window. So instead of that measly looking goose that the Cratchits were going to eat, Ebenezer is going to send them this enormous bird. The Cratchits are going to feast on a fine large turkey. And then Ebenezer gives his housekeeper money as a Christmas present. Probably the first time he's ever given away money in his life. Ebenezer's change is so different, so complete, that he starts to dance around his house. He's giddy as a child. Ebenezer's happy that he's alive. But this new spirit within him is not fleeting. It's going to be with him permanently from now on. Because yes, Ebenezer's happy right now because of what happened to him overnight. But the change in him is permanent. He's discovered joy. The story concludes with Ebenezer going to his nephew's house. He apologizes to his nephew, and most importantly to his wife, for his poor behavior about how he's treated her over the years. He stays and he dances with these new friends of his, the friends of his nephew, the next day, Ebenezer promises to raise Bob Cratchit's salary. He tells him that he wants to help him raise his family. And most importantly, he wants to help pay for Tiny Tim's medical treatments. What a shift. Well, Scrooge lived up to all those promises that he made that Christmas day. And the book concludes this way, quote, Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend 
as good a master and as good a man as the good old city knew or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh. His own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. End quote. Ebenezer Scrooge found redemption. It took the ghost of his business partner and three spirits to teach, or at least reconnect him, with the concepts of hope, peace, love, and joy. We find redemption in a Savior whose birth we commemorate on Christmas Day. And thanks to Jesus, we have those four elements of Advent. Hope. Hope for a better world in the here and now by living as Jesus taught us. Peace. Peace in knowing that we have an eternal home in the presence of our Creator, thanks to the sacrifice made by Christ. Love. Love on display by God, giving us His only begotten Son to live among us, to die for us, and to conquer death on our behalf. And finally, joy. A change of heart that sticks with us through good times and bad, reminding us that we have much to be thankful for thanks to our relationship with the Savior. And all that comes to a head on Christmas. Charles Dickens' story, A Christmas Carol, most certainly is a redemption story. And as Christians, we know redemption comes thanks to the cross and empty tomb that follows it. But all of that starts with the manger. Scrooge's story ends with us being told he, quote, kept Christmas all year long and he kept it well, end quote. May we do the same this Christmas, and indeed, all year long. In Layman's Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you like what you've heard in this episode, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps others find us. And if you're so inclined, please share the link to this podcast on your social media channels. Our music and sound effects come via subscriptions to Universal Production Music and to Storyblocks. You can find archived episodes on the conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org podcasts or on my website, toddseifert.com. Please email me with any questions or comments to tseifert at greatplainsumc.org and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thank you for listening. And until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.